Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. So ladies and gentlemen, this guy, Daniel Blue, is a legend, doing amazing things for people with their finances, helping, giving them freedom, giving them options. And if you want to be empowered in your financial education and be in your GPS, stick around. And I just want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing to be and become your greatest possible self by tuning in to the podcast, to the Facebook Live, wherever you're watching this, replay, YouTube, etc. However you're getting this, keep showing up. Next up is going to be the iTunes review of the week. This week it's by M. Davis, 777. Very inspirational and educational. This is the podcast to listen to if you're looking for both inspiration and education on a variety of topics to help you to be the best you you can be. Thank you, M. Davis. If you want a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream, go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search greatest possible self on the Apple Podcast Store. Give us a review. Let us know what you love, what you want to see more of, how we can improve the show for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going to introduce Daniel in just a sec. Grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes. This could be the information, the one idea, the one new strategy, the one thing that your financial advisor didn't teach you that transforms everything for you. So stick around all the way through to the end. Daniel Blue owns a company called Quest Education. This company is a seven-figure company that helps entrepreneurs with their finances so they can focus even more on their business. And that is just the tip of the iceberg. Daniel, we are we're we're bringing the heat, man. We're already we're already lit up in here. You got a you got a sunset. It's lit behind you. It's lit right here. Let's do this, man. <laughs> uh, I love it, man. And thank you uh, so much for the opportunity to to be on your podcast, man. I love love what you're doing with the, the message you're spreading. Thank you, man. Thank you. We're going to dive right into the theme of today, which is the patterns of transformation. What does that mean for you, Daniel? Just like in your perspective, what does patterns of transformation mean? I mean, every day we're, we're hopefully getting better, right? Every day we're doing one thing more than we did yesterday or one thing different and uh, we're changing, right? I'm 30 years old. I'm nowhere near the person I was when I was 25 and I was 20 years old. So we're constantly transforming and evolving and, and hopefully it's it's for the better. Yeah, dude, I love it. I love it, man. Every day is another opportunity to grow, to become the best version of ourselves, man. And you're, you're doing that in big ways for yourself, for your company, for your team, as well as your clients. Tell us a little bit more about what you do with Quest Education, man. Yeah, we uh, in a nutshell, we help people that have an, a 401k or an IRA access those dollars without paying penalties and taxes. Mm. I was uh, talking to a client just the other day and they had credit card debt. They were paying about shoot 20% in interest on uh, almost $40,000 in credit wow. card debt. Wow. And uh, they had this IRA, this retirement account. And uh, they wanted to be able to access the money without paying the penalties and taxes because they were thinking, well, shoot, my IRA is only making me 10 or 12% a year. I got this credit card debt that's keeping me up at night. I'm losing 20%. Right? So we were able to show that client how they could take the money out of their retirement account with no penalties, no taxes, and mm-hmm. pay off the credit card debt and, and sleep better at night. So once people understand that they can actually access money that they thought was locked up or they thought if they touched, they'd get nailed in penalties and taxes. And once they realize they can 
access that money, they can use the money however they want. Maybe start that that business they've always wanted to set up or invest in real estate, just really thinking outside the box besides just stocks and mutual funds. Yeah. Yeah. It's like there's so many different ways to achieve our financial goals. It's just like, what's the one that is going to work for us? What's the one that's going to make the difference for us? And so you're really, you're giving people options, man. I love that. Let's go back into your journey. How did you get into finance? How did you get into creating Quest Education, man? Yeah. So for me, I got involved in sales about 12 years ago. I was selling real estate coaching and uh, I did that for about seven years and, and I really liked it. I just plateaued. I I hit a ceiling where I wanted something new. And when I was in the real estate industry, I'd hear about the word self-directed retirement accounts. And and that intrigued me because I always thought retirement accounts were for stocks and mutual funds. I didn't know that you could use your retirement to invest into properties, flip houses and commercial and and residential uh, rentals and things of that nature. So that was something that was planted in my head years ago. And uh, I started to really run with it. I shifted industries from selling real estate coaching to getting into the self-directed space mm-hmm. uh, about six, seven years ago. And uh, I started with the company where I was just a W-2 employee, just dialing and smiling. Started at the bottom of the, the totem pole, right? We, we, all, we, all start, we all have to start somewhere, right? Yeah. So. For me, I was able to, to start from the bottom and uh, eventually start moving up, you know, going from appointment setter, cold calling people to closing deals, to running a sales team, to, you know, doing sales and operations and then, you know, moving my, my way up to, you know, eventually becoming an owner. Dude, dang. So, okay. So you, you said you, you originally started from the bottom, so to speak, just making calls, um, and then you moved up to being the owner. Like, did you did you take over the company because the person didn't want to run it anymore? Or like, how how does like a, a change of ownership? I can't. I would say oftentimes that doesn't happen. How did it happen for you, man? Yeah, I, I really think it's it's what you want, right? You have to be super super intentional on on what you want. Uh, I'll give you a story. When I first started selling real estate coaching, when I was eighteen nineteen years old, I always knew I wanted to be a closer, right? But they don't just give you appointments. And you start closing deals right away, right? Like you got to be a really, really good cold caller. You got to be a really, really good appointment setter. And then you can get some of the leftovers, right? So, you know, for for me, I really wanted to have my own sales team. So every freaking Monday morning, I'd be in my manager's office and I'd be like, dude, what do I got to do to be a closer? Mm -hmm. You know, and then he'd tell me what I have to do to be a closer. And once I became a closer, I'm like, hey, dude, what do I got to do to be a sales, you know, run my own sales team, have my own team? And uh, he always gave me metrics and things that I had to do to get there. So I was just super, super intentional about what I wanted from the very beginning. I knew I wanted to be a closer, to be a, have a sales team. So eventually I had that. And then, um, you know, I've always been someone that has been able to set some, some kind of money aside. And I'll attribute this to my wife. She's Filipino, so she's very conservative. <laughs> so she really taught me uh, how to not be a a uh, terrible spender. So I was able to just set money aside and and build my credit over the years because I knew I wanted to invest into a company. I knew I wanted to start a company in some way, shape or form. So, you know, for everyone out there that, you know, wants to take that leap from W2 to, you know, LLC to owning a company, Mm -hmm. you know, just make sure you have some money set aside, make sure you have really good credit. Because for me, it took, you know, using credit cards to start the business, using lines of credit, draining my savings account, right? I mean, it it takes money to get things going. So 
And I, I was able to just get my ducks in a row and then surround myself with the right people, have some mentors along the way that, you know, could show me the ropes as well. Yeah, that's that's powerful, man. Um, in terms of like the industry knowledge, sounds like you were you're doing real estate coaching, uh, and then you you grew in your ability to serve the clients and and being able to direct their IRA or whatever investment account that they had, whatever retirement account that they had. Um, like, what was that growth like? What was learning the the field knowledge, the industry knowledge like for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I went from you know selling over the phone, selling. Five thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand dollar packages over the phone, right? It's get, getting getting them closed down on the phone and, and getting a credit card or you know a wire or a debit card for the transaction. So you know, I learned the the strategies and closing people and asking questions and navigating phone calls, right? And then that arena is a lot different than you know the finance world where it's it's, it's a lot more uh, strategic um this is you've got to have some savviness and really making sure that you are explaining things the right way it's not high pressure one call close it's hey let's ask questions let's understand where you are as a as a business owner or wanting to become an entrepreneur and you know what what's your setup look like now and, and how can a self-directed account you know help you so for me it really was just being committed to learning you know the differences between you know, IRAs and 401ks and you know promissory notes and, and REITs and mutual funds and not that we sell these investments, but it's important to know you know annuities and retirement accounts and uh, you know Roth IRA and traditional IRA, just so then that way we can provide as much value as we can. So a lot of it was just self, and then just being around, just learning from them too. Yeah, man, dude, that's that's awesome. I hear you had to you had to understand what's available in the marketplace. You have to understand the map, the the territory that people could go, and then you can give them the best uh, encouragement or empowerment or coaching or advice to to help them get there. Right, whatever their whatever the strategy is for them, that's going to fulfill their goals, their needs, their wants, their desires. You still there, Daniel? Oh, you cut out for a second. Yeah, I, I lost you there for. Yeah, I lost you. Yeah, I was saying to to understand the map, the territory, to know like what is available, but then you get yeah. to know each client's individual needs for their business, for their strategy, for their um, skills, their strengths, and then help them fulfill on their dream, their goals through that through that custom kind of guidance because you know like what's available for them and while you don't necessarily specialize in in everything you can help them take those steps so that they can they can be successful yeah absolutely i mean the biggest place that we always come from is you know at the end of the day client you know this is your money no one cares about your money more than you do right not your cpa not your financial advisor over at fidelity you know, most financial companies are there to just push product or they're just shove a stock or a mutual fund down your throat and, and just make a commission. And for us, we don't sell investments. We we sell the vehicle, right? Because as an entrepreneur, if you are 1099, if you have an LLC, if you have a side hustle, if you're going to start a business, there's IRS approved retirement accounts that are for entrepreneurs that really, really open up the doors for you financially that give you a lot of benefits. And this is just not talked about. People are not talking about this. And a lot of it has to come down to one, they don't know about it. And two, 
it's not making the money. You know, Fidelity and Vanguard and these big financial companies, they don't make money, you know, off these accounts that I'm talking about. They'd much rather just stick your money in an IRA and a mutual fund and just keep making fees off of you. Wow. So in terms of someone being able to do something with that retirement account without paying the fees on it, like how do, how do they go about that? How do they go about working with you or, or doing that, that process? Yeah. So there's a, an IRS approved retirement account. It's called a solo 401k. Okay. And a solo 401k is a retirement account that allows you to withdraw money out of that account with no penalties and no taxes. And you can use that money however you want. If you want to use it like my client did, um, paying off you know credit card debt, or you know we we had a client that used the money in their solo 401k to start a turf business. Like if you go to our website yourquest.com, there's a, a testimonial video there. His name is Steve, and, and Steve lives out in San Diego, and uh, he quit his W two day job to start a turf business. And uh, he used the money in his retirement account to start this turf business. Mm -hmm. uh, so you could you could use the money to start that business, or to use the money as working capital for your existing business. Maybe you need some money for marketing, or you know, for the ability to scale, or you know, maybe you want to use the money to invest in real estate. You know, you could use the money to invest in real estate, or you know, your your buddy's business, uh, just other investments beyond traditional stocks and, and mutual funds. Yeah. And you, you said that um, other investment companies, they might try to sell you a specific product, so to speak, or a specific type of investment, but you guys are, are the vehicle to get to where business owners want to want to go, where they want to go. Can you explain that a little bit more, a little bit like what's the difference? Yeah. So look at it like this. The, the vehicle is the 401k, the IRA, right? Mm -hmm. The gas is needed to make that vehicle go, right? right. Most companies are selling the gas. Mm. They're just selling whatever investment's gonna generally make them the most money, or you know, they're they're the financial company they work for is gonna have a certain menu of products that just benefit that company the most, right? Mm. So there's gonna be certain gases that just make more sense to, to get pitched, right? So they're selling, they're they're leading with the investment, they're leading with the gas. Mm. And and we lead with the vehicle. And once we help the client understand, hey, this vehicle is self-directed. You can invest this money, you can get whatever gas you want in this vehicle. Do you want that gas to be insurance? Do you want it to be real estate? Do you want it to be your own business? Do you want it to be your buddy's solar business that he just started? Right? Do you want to use the money to pay off high interest rate credit card debt? You get to decide that. Dude, that's that's powerful, man. I love it. I love the analogies. I love the the different examples. Um so like what would what would stop people from from making this kind of a, a switch or being able to to use like a solo 401k like what what should people be watching out for in in doing something like this and making this kind of a transition Well number 1 for a solo 401k you have to have some kind of side hustle right as I mentioned earlier LLC sole proprietorship 1099 so you've got to be in that arena of being an entrepreneur in some way shape or form and number or number two, like you've got to be in that transition of quitting your day job or quitting your job to or or starting that side hustle business. So you have to have some kind of business intention. If you have zero business intention, um, then a solo 401k, you know, isn't going to be uh, something that would work for you. Hmm. Uh, and is, then, that, is that like so what what is the the mechanism is the IRS looking like hey does this person have another stream of income that they're attempting to develop that 
matches one of our criteria or what what is it that would prevent that so there just has to be an llc or, or a sole proprietorship or like an s corp or a c corp in Got the it. picture and if there is then the solo 401k is going to be tied to that entity Got it. so it just needs a legal structure so to speak to be able to use the solo 401k yeah got yeah. it Got it, man. So that's that's not you know that's not anything um, crazy. But why why would someone, let's say someone just created a corporation, you know, like a, a shell corporation, something like that, and then they used the solo four hundred one k, linked it to that, but they they kept their their um, you know job. Like, would that just not be a, a the the percentage of of return on investment wouldn't be as good, or why why would someone not do that? In 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 the sense of why would they not just be full time business owner? Uh, uh, why would they not just keep that solo 401k and put money into that that they can take out of whenever they want and keep their original career? Like, why would they not do that? If that makes sense. It, yeah, they can do that. It's just, it's not something that people are, are, are being exposed to, right? right? They don't, they don't know about this. Their CPA isn't going to bring this up at tax time. Mm -hmm. um, their financial advisor isn't going to bring it up when they, when they talk to the client, I mean, very few financials that I talk about even bring up a solo 401k. And, and it's crazy. The solo 401k, it's not like it's some secret brand new retirement account. I mean, this is just a good old fashioned 401k, but it's for entrepreneurs, wow. you know, and, and this is an IRS approved plan. So I think back to your question, the reason why people aren't going to have this set up is just it's not something that they have even been exposed to. They, they haven't heard of it. Mm. I love it, man. I love it. I think a lot of people hurt when it comes to paying taxes as well. Like they're like, is there a better way? How do I not get charged so much in my taxes? Uh, do you have any strategies around that to, to like reduce or minimize taxes? Yeah. And that's why I'm another big proponent of the solo 401k, right? So you, let's just say you got, you know, a hundred thousand in a retirement account, maybe an IRA or a 401k from an old job. Mm -hmm. You can convert that money into a solo 401k. So now you've got, let's just say a hundred thousand in your solo 401k, then you can contribute new money into the solo 401k. And why I really love the solo 401k, you can contribute up to $56,000 per year into this plan. You compare that to an IRA, an IRA is probably the most popular retirement account in America. Mm -hmm. You can only put in about $6,000 a year into the account. What? So with the solo 401k, yeah, it's a big difference. Wow. With the solo 401k, let's just say you've got $20,000 laying around and you're like, I want to put this into a retirement account so I can get some tax advantages. You can contribute that one of two ways. The first way is you can take that 20000 put it in your solo 401k, and have it be a pre-tax contribution, meaning mm -hmm. you're going to put the 20000 in the solo 401k, and it's going to be a tax write-off. You're going to be able to deduct that money against your income, so you're going to pay less taxes that year. right? It's going to be a deduction. It's going to save you a lot of money on your tax return that year, or you can do a Roth contribution. And the Roth contribution is the opposite of the pre-tax. You're going to pay taxes on the 20000 that you put into the account, but that money grows tax-free. So you are going to claim that 20000 as income. You're going to pay taxes on that money year one. But if that 20000 were to grow to 100000 over year after year after year, over the long run, that's all tax-free, right? That's all tax-free growth. So... When you put money into the solo 401k, you get that flexibility. It's like, one, okay, do I want to get the tax write-off up front 
year one, mm. and then it's tax deferred and I'll pay the taxes down the road. Mm. Or two, I don't want to pay the taxes down the road. I want to pay the taxes on the seed and then that harvest is tax free. Mm. So that's why I love the solo 401k because you know it's going to give you a lot of tax benefits because the money you have in your bank account there's no tax benefits there unless it's invested in like real estate where you've got depreciation or something like that. Right. How would, what, what kind of circumstances would, let's say, uh, like warrant or what deserve if someone's going to pay the, the pre-tax, like kind of put it as the seed and say, hey, I just want the seed to be in there free and clear. I could do whatever I want with it later versus paying taxes on, on the when I draw it out later on in 20 years or whatever it might be. What kind of circumstances have you seen that would change that? So like the, the $20,000 contribution to the pre-tax bucket where I put the money in the account, I get the write-off that year, it's a deduction, and then it grows tax-deferred. So then when I pull the money out down the, you know, when I retire and I need it for income and I pull it out, I'll pay taxes. That version, I see people do that where it's like they're scrambling for write-offs, right? Mm. Maybe, you know, they are at an income threshold where it's like, man, they were they wrote off so much, but they still are at a high income bracket. So they're like, shoot, Mr. CPA, I need some more write-offs. Like, what you got for me, right? So then putting in $20,000 into their solo 401k as a pre-tax um, contribution where they get to deduct that against their income, nice. that might be the difference be- mm. between them at a 25% income tax bracket or a 20%, right? Mm. So that might be huge in terms of the actual savings, mm. right? Maybe they're at an $80,000 tax bracket. So if they can put 20, it brings them down to 60. And they're like, Heck yeah, that's what I was looking for, yeah. right? Well, me personally, I like the the alternative, the Roth contribution, because mm-hmm. I'm going to pay the taxes on that money now. I'll yeah. pay the taxes this year because we are at ultra low tax rates right now, mm-hmm. right? Historically, if you look at like the 1960s, 1970s, mm-hmm. the tax bracket, they were rocking like 70, 80, 90% tax bracket is that the highest income you know right now we're i think like 38 percent, right so it might seem high right now but we are rocking low tax rates historically speaking so i just look at the future and i don't have a crystal ball here but i just feel like over the long run down the road they're going to raise taxes because there's just a, a a lack of revenue and you just look at Social Security and mm-hmm. Medicare, Medicaid. There's a lot of our tax money that's going out to a lot of uh, different areas that our government has to fund. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking we're just going to have to raise taxes to, to compensate for some of this at some point in time. So long story short, I'd rather pay taxes on the money now, lock in that low tax rate. Mm-hmm. So in that way, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, if they jack up the tax rate, I'm okay with that because I locked in at a low tax rate in 2020. Yeah, I love it. I love it, Daniel. I think this is, this is awesome. I love how you are like really looking into the future, looking at what is going to happen, what is going to come, looking at the signs, like the different different things that are happening. It's like making effective predictions, right? We get to predict at some level, make hypotheses, um, you know, think about what is going to be happening in the future so we can make uh, intelligent investments. Is that something that like that futuristic thinking, is that something you've, you've seen in you for a long time now or did it develop through, through being in Quest and, and running that organization? Um, you know, I, I really think it comes down to, you know, just looking at patterns and, and trends and uh, 
when you just look at patterns and trends and, and what's happened in the past, that's not a clear indication of what can happen in the future by any way, shape or form. Uh, you know, the, the last time that there was a recession in, you know, 2008, 2009, you know, that some of the top economists, they didn't predict a recession. Right. So like, I think historically people are bad and I'm not saying I'm good by any means, but us as human beings, we're, we're historically not good at predicting things. Right. So especially when it comes to, to the finance, financial world. So, you know, I, I just do my best to look at the situation now and, and what can make certain things go forwards or go backwards. And, and you know, what, what are some of the, the things that are going to have a huge impact on what I'm looking at and, and see, you know, where I can make some kind of educated guess, some kind of educated decision. Yeah, I love it, man. I know you're super into personal development too, Daniel. Um, tell us more about how that is. Is in, why why did you make a commitment to grow yourself personally? Be involved in like masterminds, read books, all these awesome things. Go to events, um, and how that how has that impacted your life? Yeah, so for me, I uh, I really stopped reading books after high school. Uh, I dropped out of college and uh, went into sales, and you know, really just found my career path in sales. So uh, I just gave up reading after high school and uh, I liked to, to read. It just wasn't something was that was important to me. And uh, things really changed for me when I went to 10X Cardone's event uh, a couple years in, in uh, Las Vegas. So uh, as we're doing this, this episode right now, we've got 10X coming up in uh, next month in Vegas. So two years will uh, this month will be two years that I've been uh, so I really got involved in to personal development. And the reason why I'm bringing the story up is because at the 10X event two years ago, I got to hear Ed Milet and Andy Frisella mm-hmm. on stage. And, and Ed Milet's message was chasing a better you. Mm-hmm. Like, are you chasing a better version of yourself? Are you focusing on being a better dad, you know, better leader, better boss? And that really hit home for me. I've got a 10-year-old daughter. And I'm like, shoot, man, like, am I really do I have intentions on being a better dad? Like, yeah, I want to be a better dad, but like, you know, am I constantly doing that every single day? And then, uh, Andy Frisella, he talked about core values as a company, having core values as a person and as an owner of a company. And at this time, at that time, we didn't have a, a map or a layout of core values. We talked about it, but it was just, wasn't something that was set in stone. So those two speakers really, really resonated with me. And, uh, I just started listening to Ed and, and Andy and, uh, and they formed a mastermind that I joined a couple years ago, Arate. And then, uh, just listening to those guys, you know, they always stress, you know, reader, uh, leaders are readers, right? So just been doing my best to, to, to read. And at the same time, just learning like all of the greats, uh, all the leaders, the top performers, whether they're athletes or past presidents, um, you know, the, the top of the top, you know, they're constantly reading. And, uh, so I just want to do something to, um, further develop myself. I didn't graduate college. So it's like, okay, I, I got to get an education somewhere. And, uh, so I definitely wish I would have gotten into the self-development, uh, arena a lot, a lot sooner, but you know, better late than never. <laughs> 30 years old, man. It's like, you got your whole life ahead of you. It is prime time, man. And I, I just, I love it. And you were also like a hard worker and got shit done before, you know, like you were, you were showing up, you were, you were making sales, you were moving up the ranks, you were, you were being the best version of yourself. There just may have been some unconscious things, blind spots, things that you didn't know how to like address or, or really shift. And when you started seeing 
personal development and, and these mentors who can like inspire you to be the better version of you, you really dig deeper into seeing like, who can I become? How can I be the best father? How can I be the best husband? How can I be the best leader, the best community member, whatever it might be, man. So it's, it's awesome. Kudos to you for finding it when you did. Yeah, it is pretty cool to see the development in podcasts, right? You know, um, that that wasn't a big thing. I didn't listen to my first podcast until after I heard Ed and Andy speak at 10X and I looked them up and I'm like, oh, what's, what's a podcast? I, I was not even something I even knew existed. Yeah, yeah. So we, we're, we're, I'm so grateful to live in a time where all this information is so accessible, right? We got mm-hmm. podcasts, we got audio. I mean, so it's a great time to be alive and, and to be able to draw uh, d- different mindsets and different levels of thinking from different people. And yep. I played sports my whole life. So it, it was an easy analogy for me. It's like, dude, even Tiger Woods had a coach, you know, even Michael Jordan have a coach. So if the, the great, the best of the best have coaches, like mm-hmm. why shouldn't you have, you know, some, some kind of mentorships, kind of coaching. I love it. I love it, Daniel. Um, what, what is the legacy you want to be leaving your wife and your daughter? You know, that, that was something I really have been thinking about extra hard, uh, with Kobe Bryant dying, you know, that really hit, hit home for me. I grew up watching Kobe and, uh, it hit especially home for me because he has a 13 year old daughter and I've got a 10 year old daughter. So, you know, I was really thinking about, geez, like, okay, it's, it's, that, that, that was really emotional for me. And, um, so to answer your question, I mean, really for, for my, my daughter, I just want her to be able to see the, the potential in herself and what she can do. Right. Like we live in a day and age and, and respect to you for, for going to college and getting a badass degree. And, uh, cause I couldn't do that. We live in a time and age, a day and age where like, you don't have to have a degree. I wish I got a degree. Like if I could go back in time, I, I would have got one. But like she doesn't have to get a degree to become successful. You know, she she wants to become a veterinarian, right? She loves animals. So, you know, I've just been helping her see that, you know, she can have her own shop, right? She's gonna have to go to school to get, you know, some some credentials, but like she could run her own her own business if that's what she wants, right? I definitely don't want to push her to do what I'm doing and be an entrepreneur if that's not what she wants. But, mm. you know, I just want her, the legacies, I just want her to see that, you know, the sky's the limit and uh, you don't have to listen to society, you know, and in, in, in terms of where they want to put you, you know, you got the ability to do what you want to do when you want to do it. It's, it's just, it's, it's all on you. Yeah. I love it. I love it, man. I think, I think I hear you're, you just want her to be happy doing what she's doing and you want her to be successful in her version, her, her definition of what success is. And she gets to create that. I'm always curious, how do you, in your perspective, how do you balance saying, I know you like, this will serve you. If you, if you do this, if you take this on, if you learn these money management habits, if you read a personal development book a month, like, you know, these kinds of things, seeing being the leader right in and standing for these values values of growth values of of self-education how do you draw the line between you know teaching her entrepreneurship giving her a lemonade stand saying go go give it a shot see what happens you know and letting her discover her own path you know i uh was actually having a conversation with her the other day about girl scouts and she's just like dad i, I don't want to do it and i'm like look I, there's a lot of things that you want don't want to do, but like you're gonna do it. And you know, we we ended up having a really good conversation because like what I was stress, stressing to her is like 
you got to try. Like life's about just like taking action. Mm-hmm. And if you are just on the sidelines, not taking action, like you are missing out. So if you try something and it, you don't like it, and it doesn't work, then, Hey, I mean, at least you can say that you, you tried it, you know, like I always try to just draw a lot of parallels to sports because I think sports has a lot of life similarities, right? Like failure and teamwork and camaraderie and learning how to lose and win, learning how to you know, listen to your, your coaches and doing what you're, you know, you got to do what, you, what you've been told and respect and it goes on and on and on. So like, you just got to try different sports. Like, okay, if you don't like baseball, let's try soccer. You don't like soccer, let's try gymnastics. If you don't like gymnastics and play a violin if you don't like the violin let's try the piano like that's what i try to have her do is just try a bunch of stuff and like for me i'm selfish in the sense of i'd love for her to play basketball or soccer because that's what i play but (laughs) that's not her gig she doesn't like it so i'm not forcing her to do that i had her try it out she didn't like it all right cool like let's find something that that you do like because i do feel like gotta get uncomfortable and there's a lot of times where you're uncomfortable with something and you don't like it initially but then when you get done doing it you're like dude that felt great i'm glad i did it and there's been a few of those aha moments for her where she's like she's not telling me but i know she's thankful that i I made her do it Mm, i love it i love it man it's great great response what what are some of the core values at at quest that you put in place and like how do you see those shining through living through your your team and what you guys do yeah so for us they're they're pretty simple you know one of them is grow right like we got to be students of the game so obviously we have to be ahead of the curve with industry knowledge and some things changing in the retirement account world and you know things changing in the financial world and you know we're a service-based business we are we we are a human-based business so we got to be willing to grow as humans um, respect. That's another big one for us. Oh, yeah. We got to be willing to respect our, our coworkers, our, our clients, our you know affiliates, and then respect time, respect ourselves. Right. So respect is just huge all the way around. Uh, synergy, synergy is another one of our core values. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of crossover and a lot of different departments within our company, and a lot of moving parts with our clients and helping them out in, in different capacities. So, mm-hmm. just having good synergy, having good teamwork, having good collaboration is just super, super huge. So, that's a big one. And then owning it, right? Like people are not perfect. Right? We are going to drop the ball. We are going to make mistakes. So, you know, being willing to own it is is super, super huge and, and having that accountability. So, mm-hmm. you know, for us, it was, it was really, really good to just have these core values that we can have in place, hold each other accountable and, uh, you know, really just live up to these core values and, and live by example. Yeah. I, I got an opportunity to come by your your office the other day, man. And uh, I noticed like people there seem pretty happy, pretty, pretty, you know, grateful to be there from the brief interactions I have with them. What do you feel it is about the way you lead or your culture that has people like want to show up and, and do their best? No, I think a lot of it has to do is like they have to see the vision, mm-hmm. right? They have to see where you're wanting to go as a company. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I read a book called Traction, um, like, couple of years ago a year year and a half two years ago and that was a really really big book for for me because it, it helped me lay out a vision for my company as far as you know where we want to take things and 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 just making sure that people are rowing the boat at the same time because you know every every company out there it's it's a boat right like that boat that you're on there's going to be days where like 
the the water's rough, right? That that day was just a crappy day, and uh, it was just it was rough. Um, but then there's going to be days where it's smooth sailing, right? It's sunshine. There's there's no no waves, no rain. Like it's it's easy breezy. Um, so you got to be rowing the boat at the same time, and, and people have to know like where they're rowing to and and why they're rowing, what their role is, and just they got to buy into it. I can keep going back to sports because it's it's my parallel. Like the coach has to make sure the team is bought in, right? If you have one or two people that aren't bought in then it's a cancer. It's going to affect the rest of the team. So just making sure that I spend some one-on-one time with everybody and, and you know, knowing how people are doing and how I can help and, you know, just making sure that I'm, I'm leading by example and leading from the front and having people see an opportunity where, you know, they can grow and, and move up and, and be able to, to buy into that long-term version uh, vision. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, what do you think it is about your team that has your clients want to keep working with you and and be with you guys so the common problem i've heard the most the biggest issue i've seen with clients over the years is i never talk to my financial advisor like mm-hmm. they only call me when they want to invest my money like i've got this retirement account but no one talks to me about it like mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing I've seen is people are just looked at as a number and, and think about it. It makes sense, right? Like these big financial companies, they're managing trillions of dollars. They're huge. Like really they are looking at Susie Johnson as just a number, right? They don't really see her as a human being. She's just a number. So they're not going to have a lot of touching points with these people. They're not going to have a really good relationship. So for us, we're nimble enough where we can have super, super solid interaction with these people and go above and beyond. You know, one of our core values is and the last one is the quest way. You know, the quest way for us is just really like going the extra mile, going above and beyond for these people where, you know, whether it's answering that phone and calling them back at six or seven o'clock at night or on a weekend or helping them with paperwork where they never got that kind of help before or, you know, just helping them with the problem that, doesn't really have anything to do with us right so it's just really really looking at these people uh, as not just a number but you know as, as a client that we really care a lot about and, and we do our best to stay in front of these people multiple times a year and just staying ahead of the curve to making sure that they're happy campers and uh doing our best to just make sure that they are stoked about you know the service and, and they're not regretting their decision mm. I love it, man. I hear personalization, like really connecting with them, going the extra mile. I think that's that's so important, man. That that mindset is is super super powerful. And then also, I heard like growth is is important. That ownership, taking accountability of of our results. Sometimes we're gonna mess up. We're gonna drop the ball. What happens when we do that? You know, like how do we how do we show up? I think that engenders loyalty from clients more than anything is like saying like when we messed up and then owning it and like saying, what can we do to make it right? You know, how can we, how can we, you know, like wow you even, even though we did that, you know, what can we do to, to really leave you with a a great ending impression, whatever that might be, whether it's continuing to, to work with us and have us be your service provider, or if, you know, for whatever reason you, you wanted a different type of, of vehicle or, or service provider, how do you, how do you move forward through that, man? So I, I hear that that's really powerful, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like, you know, I know you're in a long-term relationship. I'm married too, right? Like the first time you go on, you know, your, your dates, right? The first three, six, nine months, they say that's just the impersonator. It's not really you, right? <laughs> 
then, and then once you lock them down, you know, things change. It's, it's not as, as, uh, you know, high intense and, and yeah. you don't care as much, right. Mm. That's just a stigma. And I think that's the financial world too. Mm. A lot of these people get schmoozed into, you know, doing some, making a financial decision. And then all of a sudden they're kind of just left in, in, in the dark, you know, it's, it's not, they're not a priority anymore. Mm. So we just do our best to just make sure that we are constantly in front of our, our clients and it's not just a, a transaction and it's, that's the end of the day. It's, you know, connecting with these people on, on a level where they can really appreciate our service and, and they're not just viewed as, as a number. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, I want to, I'm curious, the quest, the quest education, and you mentioned something about a video game being an inspiration or games being inspiration for that. Tell us a little bit more about where that name came from. Yeah. I mean, I, I played a lot of computer games when I was younger and I, I saw the word quest like all over the place. So the word quest is to me, like I look at quest as a journey mm. and because we help people in different ways, right? Maybe it's them starting that new business or maybe it's them getting capital for their existing business for them to purchase more equipment to, to scale, or maybe it's them in getting involved in real estate, right? Like they're on a journey, they're on a quest. And some of them are at the beginning of their quest, their journey. Some of them are in the middle. Some of them are towards the end. Maybe they're retiring and they're starting a new quest, right? So I, I just look at the word quest is the same as kind of a journey. And we help people at different points of, of their quest. So, you know, that, that was a big reason why I, I stuck with the name quest. And, you know, education is just super important. You know, a lot of what we teach, it's not like you need it, you know, you're, you're going to get it from, getting a PhD, like a lot of this is just elementary um, financial education. That's just, it's not talked about mm-hmm. in school, right? Like if they would just teach some of this stuff, like an LLC or a retirement account or tax deductions or how a mortgage works, a credit score, right? I mean, if they would just teach a lot of this in school, um, maybe we wouldn't exist, right? <laughs> that, that's, that's the problem that we have is just people were not taught about this, taught this, at a younger level. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I really I appreciate that your journey is like, hey, we're here because our our current society, our current um, our current ecosystem, whatever, doesn't provide this information. So we're going to provide it for you, right? And and so like you're solving a need, you're solving a problem, and you're also taking a really personal touch with it as well, being there on the journey for everyone who comes to work with you, everyone who, who wants to grow their, their income, grow their, their um, investment with you. And I think it's awesome. I also, I, I love how you support small business owners as well. I'm curious, like what, what was the decision that you said, Hey, I want to, I want to support these small and medium sized businesses to, to be able to use these finances. Why did you want to work with entrepreneurs and, and small business owners? So the IRS has codes, right? Uh, they, they've got rules where you can and can't do you can and can't do things with your money. Sure. And the IRS says if you are an entrepreneur, if you have a side hustle, you get to play on this side mm. of the playground with retirement accounts. If you are just a W two, a individual, no side hustle, you're going to play on this other playground. And, and not that like we don't like these people on, on this other playground. I have always just enjoyed the entrepreneurial journey. Mm. Like I always knew I was going to be a business owner one day. It's just it's what I really, really enjoyed doing. Yeah. So for me, I can relate to a lot of these business owners, right? And then plus the IRS says that they can 
play on this playground and work with these retirement accounts. And I just saw a huge problem in the marketplace where it's like, shoot, Bob that owns a food truck or Susie that has these websites, like they're not taught about the IRS code. They're not taught about these retirement accounts that are for business owners that the IRS approves. Like someone's got to teach them. And if it's not us, like who, who's going to, who's going to teach them? So is it, would you say all uh, entrepreneurial minded people and people with side hustles like this, this is a potential um, vehicle for them? Is there any, any entrepreneurial or side hustle mentality people and business structure people who this wouldn't be a fit for? Um, if they have W2 employees other than themselves, mm-hmm. then a solo 401k doesn't fit for them because mm-hmm. the IRS says a solo 401k can work for you if you are a business owner with no W-2 employees mm-hmm. other than you or your spouse. Okay. Cool. And then, but you, you mentioned another one, a Roth. Is that, is that still the same thing or is that a different set of rules? Um, no, that that's going to be the same thing in the sense of you can have a Roth solo 401k, mm-hmm. which is for small business owners, or you can have a, a Roth IRA. Yeah. Uh, IRA stands for individual retirement account whether you're a business owner, whether you're not a business owner, you can set up an IRA. And, and that is a vehicle that we do help folks with. I mean, we do have some clients that have no business intentions. They're not an entrepreneur. They don't plan on being one. But the majority of our clients are on this side. They are entrepreneurs. Yeah, I love it. Um, so how how do you continue to grow yourself in the financial uh, industry because we, we talked about you go to masterminds and do personal development read books and stuff like what do you see as important for educating yourself and educating your team and you guys growing in the industry like what what are you actively doing to make sure you guys keep growing i mean the good thing too about where we live today like information is at our fingertips right so you know there's some some really good publications that we subscribe to that we get that just gives us really up-to-date information on any kind of rule changes so you know we're constantly on that um you know there's certain conferences um that are just straight educational kind of just like ce continuing education kind of classes they're not the fun ones that I like to go like the national <laughs> no, events stuff like that. Right. Yeah. It's not, but you know, those are some of the events that we, we go to as well to just make sure that we are on the same page with, you know, the, the current trends and, and if any rules have changed. Yeah. Um, how do you, how do you want to impact the Las Vegas community? You know, for, for Las Vegas, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out here. I mean, you, you living out here yourself, you, you can see, right? Like yep. there's all these new restaurants and, and just all of these new, um, it's, it's, it's really cool to see with our hockey team and, and a lot of these changes, the Raiders, like I, I see a lot of change, a lot of good change. Um, so for me, I just look at it as an opportunity where these, these entrepreneurs, like, do they know the strategies on how to, you know, use your credit and build your credit. You know, I, I did a, a presentation last week where I talked to a group of entrepreneurs on, you know, the importance of, of credit score and business credit and, you know, what are some things that affect your credit and uh, ways that you could, you know, save money on taxes and retirement accounts and, you know, j- just fundamental financial strategies that will allow you to, um, keep more money, right? Because in, in business, we got to make sure we know our credit and, and how to use it. We got to know how, we got to know the tax game. Tax game is just huge because mm-hmm. no matter what kind of business you have, 
it's all about what you keep. It's not what you make, it's what you keep. And then you got to know what's the plan as far as building long-term wealth. So the impact is, geez, I just see a lot of people in, in this city that just could be exposed to some of these strategies where they may or may not know and just give people that aha moment where they can learn something new that they didn't learn before. So yeah. I just look at it as it's, this is a lot uh, closer vicinity for me to make an impact versus right now our, our clients are over the phone. Um, we don't do too much in the city as far as local clients, but I, I see that changing. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that you made that distinction. It's not about what you make or just what you make. It's about what you keep. Can you tell us a little bit more about like why that's important? Yeah. I mean, I, I think um, it's, it's really, I, I see posts and on Facebook kind of like uh, laughing about it and I've seen it too. It's like, someone says that they made, you know, 2 million or 3 million or 10 million in revenue. Mm. All right. Well, like, like what was your profit? Right. <laughs> so at the end of the day, you know, you, you could be doing 2 million a year in revenue and, and spending $3 million. Right. Mm. So, you know, what, what's that really look like? So I, I think, you know, what you keep is, is going to be based on, you know, your expenditures and, and really managing cash flow and, and your P and L, but then also taxes can be a big one, right? Like, the taxes can really, really crush your profits. So there's some cool insurance products that can save you some money on taxes. Obviously, I talked about the solo 401k where you can stash up to $56,000 a year, right? That can help you save some money on taxes. You know, I, I always tell people really make sure that you're working with a, a specialized CPA if you're an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. A lot of people out there, they're business owners, but they still have, you know, Jackson Hewitt or uh, TurboTax, you know, mm-hmm. doing their taxes. And it's just like, man, you know, make sure that you're working with a, a group of, of uh, accountants, CPAs that are familiar with entrepreneurs because the yeah. tax code is constantly changing. And if you still have, you know, your, the, your, your cousin that's been doing taxes for 30 years and he does everyone else's taxes in your family, um, maybe it's time to look at someone else because it's one thing to just have a W-2 job and just get W-2 wage and go to your tax person and say, hey, can you do my taxes? Like that's easy peasy versus, hey, CPA, I've got this LLC, I've got that LLC, I've got this credit card, I got that credit card, I spent this, you know, it's like, once you go into that arena, it's it's a lot different and there's got to be some really good strategy behind it so you can save as much money as you can. Mm. Dude, you're full of wisdom, Daniel. When people have a conversation with you, I just have a feeling that you know, you're know you just there asking questions, helping them, guiding them to get to where they want to go to achieve their dreams and goals. You know, whatever, Would that be financially or in their business? you got a ton of experience in both of those, man. So um, I want people to know how they can stay connected with you and what can they do next, man? How can they, how can they have a conversation with you? How can they learn more about what you guys are doing? Yeah, so a couple of things. One, you can go to yourquest.com, Y-O-U-R quest.com there's a, a contact us uh form where you can just enter in some basic information and at that point you'd be able to get on the phone with us and, and walk we can walk you through you know what it would look like as far as working with us and we we just lead with education you know like i mentioned earlier we don't pitch product and sell investments so it would really just be asking questions teaching you about these accounts really pulling back the curtain and helping you understand how these accounts work. If you like what you hear, then, then you can become a client. If not, you'll you'll leave those conversations just knowing a lot more than you knew before you spoke with Powered. us. Yeah. Um, if you want to speak with me personally, the best way would be Facebook. That's where I uh, engage the most. Uh, Daniel Blue, last name Blue, like the color. Uh, I think I'm the only Daniel Blue in Las Vegas. So if you <laughs> see Daniel Blue in Las Vegas, that's me. 
And uh, I do my best to post consistently there. And uh, DMing me would be the best way to uh, reach me. That way I can answer any questions and, and maybe hop on a call. Love it. I love it, man. So again, they go to yourquest.com, Y-O-U-R-Q-U-E-S-T.com. And Daniel Blue, it's D-A-N-I-E-L-B-L-U-E. Pretty straightforward. And Daniel, let's wrap it up, man. Let's, let's drive it home what you want people to really get from this conversation and take action on, man. What is it? Yeah, I mean, if you have a 401k or an IRA, if you've got some kind of retirement account and, and you'd like to find a way to, to improve that account and, and be able to have more control over your own money, it's just going to come down to knowing how all that works and, and getting the knowledge. And, uh, you know, working with a company like ours can really help you get the knowledge. So in that way, you can see some some possibilities on making changes financially and, and you know, maybe start that new business of yours or get capital for your existing business and, and just really do things in a completely different way. That's going to benefit you a lot more than you know, your financial advisor. I love it. I love it, Daniel. Dude, you're an amazing human being. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here and keep doing the great work that you're doing. I'm, I'm excited to be growing together, impacting people's lives, serving people's lives. You're literally changing people's destinies, you know, like giving them the, the vehicle, the door, the permission, to go after their greatest dreams, man. So thank you for what you do. Hey, thank you. We actually just got a testimonial last week from a lady. She used the solo 401k to, to start a school, like a small private school. And that really hit home for all of us because she's got like 12 kids. So it's like, man, that's a ripple effect, right? We changed her life, but then she's changing these kids' lives as well. So thank you for uh, having me on and, and we look forward to impacting more and more people. I love it. Thank you, Daniel. We'll see you soon, okay? All right, brother. Have a good one. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you are committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever. Thank you.